when you're so focused on surviving mm-hmm. because of what someone else is doing, you can't even take the time for self-care right. to to be your best self. When you you can't even be your best self because you're so focused on what they might do. Right. Friends, families, and foes. This is Tara and Anthony with Scales of Truth. Scale of Truth. <laughs> All right. So uh, today was a was a very interesting day. Um, we got married. So whoop whoop. Insert applause there. Um, it's been a long time coming. Definitely. Dang! Don't make it sound so. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just uh, you know, you you look back from like when we first met, uh, when we used to work together, and then like you look at now, you, like you never would have thought, no, like yeah, that we, we would not. we would end up together, and uh, yeah, things have a have an interesting way of coming around full circle, um, but yeah, so it was interesting today <laughs> when we uh when we were waiting in the parking lot uh for our appointment, uh, this older white guy was walking past us and he just had that look on his face like he wanted to say something now mind you uh the place that we live in it's like maybe two or three percent black so we are like one of one of those couples so um yeah so he kind of he looked at us like he wanted to say something like we were doing something that was against what he thought we should be doing right and then mind you we're just sitting in the car literally waiting for an appointment exactly no loud music playing we actually didn't have not any that music that's playing. a threat because um it's not right. but still we weren't even doing anything to make ourselves spectacle or even bring attention to ourselves it was just literally uh you could tell it was the fact that we looked like we didn't belong yep and it was interesting because like we were dressed up you know uh we looked nice i was cute yeah she still is cute <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then he, he left and then he walked, you know, uh, by us again and immediately I was like, yo, like he looked like he wanted to get out of pocket real quick. And she was like, yo, I had the exact same thought. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Um, I guess, uh, we don't really realize how, um, we all are kind of in this thing and, and develop these, um, things, these tendencies and, um, just sensitivities together. So I I didn't notice until after the fact that he took um he took a look at the guy as well. And um I I I'm not gonna lie and say that there wasn't just a spark of fear in my heart. Um just because he was uh, closer walking closer to Anthony's side of the truck. Um and so as he was walking and then I seen him zoom like zoom in really like look directly at Anthony and um my heart did begin to um beat faster um i kind of clenched my dress yeah um but yeah just simple things like that yeah i think I, it's it's one of those things where you 
you know, bef- prior to, you know, any of the situations happening, like, we're so quick to be like, yo, if that happened, like, I would have, if that happened, I would have, or, oh, no, he wouldn't have, you know, and then you don't really know until you get into that situation, and everything was running through my head at the moment, because it was like, okay, so what if, right. you know, he decides to, to be a Karen, you know, and uh, and decides to, you know, get on the phone and call up his, his buddies, we're going to call them Carl's. We're going to call them Carl. <laughs> so what if he calls up, you know, what if the Carl's call up his buddies, mm-hmm. you know, and more Carl's and, and, and you know, other people come in and try to make a show in, a, in an example of us. And, um, yeah, it was just it was just very interesting because words weren't exchanged. Not at all. Like there were no words. There were no like outright actions. It was all just on you know, a smaller level, but you can definitely tell. I think that maybe that is something we can, uh, we refer to um, as millennials um, as energy. You could feel the energy. Yeah. Uh, just beat, you know, beating off of him. Um, and you can, you can almost feel just the hatred. Um, and that's not, it's not like we walk past, like, and we, we, we just see white people um, on a day to day where we just automatically felt, you know, feel hatred, but it's just in that moment, that's what you know. Like, yeah. you know what it is. Yeah, you have hatred, and then you also have fear. Um, it's unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so we want to talk about uh, microaggressions today and, and PTSD. Um, and not in the sense that, you know, whenever you say PTSD, you think of, you know, soldiers coming back from war right. um, or someone having a traumatic experience. Um, but, um, it expands further than just those two examples, you know? Right. Um, microaggression, I guess the definition for it is a statement, action, or incident, uh, regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority, um, so some sometimes you'll go through life with uh with a multitude of microaggressions against you and you won't even know right. unless you're actually like paying attention. Um you ever been like <laughs> you ever been like the only black person in the room or the only black person on your shift and you know a rap song comes on and you already know what's going to happen, they're going to look at you, you know, to see number 1 if you're going to sing it and number 2 if they're singing it, you know, whenever those words come along. The, the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, they're <laughs> yeah. looking at you to see if they can get that, exactly. that N-word pass. Exactly. And uh, I've definitely had to check a few a few people for that. Um, but, you know, not even just them saying it, but the fact that they look at you before they decide whether or not they're comfortable right. enough around you to say it. Right. Um, so that's that's one and form of And I think that's something else that we can, like, really explore, too. Um them them using the n-word and you know a lot of people just think that it's culture and you know it's this cool thing to do and um i think that we've all probably had somebody slip up and use that word around us um i know it's happened where i'm talking to um supposed friends white friends where they're um where they're they're just talking to me and then like 
you know, in a very hyped up emotional way. And for instance, I had somebody talking about like her dad, something her dad t- did to her. And she said, and I told him in, please, you yeah. about the whitest Cracker Jack person. Don't. That's going to be a negative. That's yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I had no to check the me, situation. Dog. It's all, oh, you know, I didn't mean anything, but I don't care um, what you meant by it. Um, the fact that you even feel that level of freedom to use that word, whether it is or is not in the presence of black people, is just something that is beyond me. That is it is a racial slur. Yeah. It is a racial slur. And the way and you know, the way that we decide to take it and use it is on us. Right? That's something that we have taken back. And I don't think I don't I don't see a pass on that for anybody. Yeah, I was watching an interview and uh, they were arguing, uh, of course, um, you know, if why white people should or shouldn't say it. And one of the questions that uh, the black guy defending, um, you know, them not saying it asked was he was like, we shouldn't even be asking whether or not you should be able to say it. We should be asking, why do you want to say it? Yeah, like why? Why is it that you knowing the history behind the word? Why do you have such an inkling to be able to say it? Yeah, and I think that that um, we don't we I don't think we look at that as a microaggression enough um, because I mean that is exactly what it is when it's coming you know from them um, and they may not they 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 may not be speaking in you know necessarily like racially you know um, it's just something that they feel it's cool but who are you to take someone else's trauma someone else's experience um, a, a, a something that was meant for so much hatred by your own people you know towards us how who are you to take that word and then decide oh well i'm just going to use it in this way that is that's not your right right that's like telling somebody how to feel about a situation yeah exactly you're not able to do that you're you're not in any position uh to decide you know whether or not you know someone feels a certain way like if i hurt you i can't tell you oh well you shouldn't be hurt like that that's what that yeah. doesn't make any sense. And so even the the audacity to even um, use that word again, whether it is in the presence of a black person or not, just the pure, the, the pure audacity. The caucasity. The caucasity <laughs> to actually use that word um, and then to use it uh, around um, black people is just, that is, that, that is a microaggression. And I think that that is what we need to start looking at it as. Um, and then just other, I don't know if you guys have experienced other microaggressions. Um, for instance, you know, being out here in Whitesville, um, in the boonies, um, I, I, I used to work at a factory, um, and I swear it's sometimes I just want to rip my hair out because the people here are literally so ignorant, you know, um, and and, and I say it's lick. It's ignorance because they they literally don't even know that what they're saying is um, racially biased, you know? Yeah. And so I had um, a guy, he was a manager, and he walked up um, to me. He was looking for me, and he walked up to me um, to ask me, like, a question about how I was wearing my uniform, and he called me Letitia. Not her name. Not at all, Letitia, <laughs> right? As a matter of fact, it was uh, someone else's name who is not black at all that worked there. But because I'm black, my name is Letitia, right? And I just stared at him. That's not my name. And he 
um, kind of balled up and wanted to hurry up and change the subject. But it's like, no, what what is my name? Because it's definitely not Letitia. But I guess I just look like you saw a Letitia on your paperwork somewhere. And so then I was Letitia. Um, and then another time where I had two white women come up to me at work and wanted to know um, if I could teach them how to twerk. First of all, Anthony, Classic. no, I cannot dance. <laughs> I can't dance for nothing in this world. Like twerking is just that. I, I can't. I, that's something that missed me. Um, but I mean, just the fact that you would think, oh, because I'm black, I, I know how to twerk and I want to teach, even if I did know how to twerk, that is still something that is ours. Why am I going to teach it to you? First of all, second of all, just the, the, the pure and utter assumption that that is just something I do. Like when, when I'm not at work, I'm just twerking. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, if you're not working, then you're twerking. You're not working, you're twerking. Hey. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another instance where um, this guy I work with, he was uh, he was frustrated with what was going on on his line. And um, now I will say this. Now, I'm not an angry black woman. Am I an angry black? I'm not an angry black woman. However, black woman. I will put you where you need to be. Okay. And people have seen that, especially being out here, because, you know, people want to see, um, especially white people want to see how far they can get, like, go with you. Oh, you yeah. Know, how far they can push you. And so I'm the one that at the door, you're going to know that, that, that I'm not the one. Right. Um, however, this this white guy, he something was going on with his line and he was frustrated. And he comes up to me and he asked me, can you rub some of your black on my forehead so I can get angry? This is a true story. This is a true story. We're not this making happened. this stuff up. This happened here. <laughs> and it's like, I've been out here for a year. And I've experienced all of this within a year's time span. Whereas, you know, being from Michigan, like, obviously, I've experienced microaggressions there. But they were far and few in between. But when you get into a heavily white populated area, um, just to see how prevalent it is, is, is really beyond me and... Um, it it makes me sick. Yeah, it really yeah. makes me sick. It makes it it makes me uncomfortable. Um, not in a sense where I'm timid or I'm afraid or anxious. Um, it makes me uncomfortable to the point where I don't know what I would do. Right. In situations that may cause that may call for um, less than stellar performances on my on my part um just because i i know that there is there is an underlying and unspoken rule that we have to be twice as good mm. you know in order to be equal to them mm. um and we know that it's always a show whenever we step outside of our house yeah. it's always a it's always a be the best that you can be so that they don't have a reason that you don't give them a reason to uh, think the way they do. Uh, right. When we realize that they're going to think the way they do regardless. Um, and then when faced with a situation where they know that they can push your buttons, either intentionally or unintentionally, you're faced with that decision. Do you fly high or do you stoop down? And I'm faced with that. And that I, I don't like being put in that position on a right. daily basis because it's like, all right, well, what if I'm fed up? Right. You know, right. Um, I was at work uh, one day 
and uh we were we were all uh getting ready to clock out the other shift was coming in and uh somebody said something they were like yeah man i miss those old school gangsters and you know i had my back turned towards that person and uh another person that that knows me and knows <laughs> how i operate he looked at my face well obviously my facial expression was like what like please please explain like i want you to go further and he uh he was like and somebody else was like oh well what do you mean about that and he's like yeah the ones with like ties and suspenders and you know those type of those type of gangsters like the italians and you know i was like okay all right whatever like i understand and he was like and then he opened his mouth up again and in that moment i knew that it was about to go downhill and he was like yeah i don't i don't like these these gangsters these days and then of course that same person was pushing him further he was like oh well what do you mean by that he was like well you know the ones with their pants uh sagging you know all the way down to their knees yeah yeah pretty much and immediately i still had my back turned towards him i looked at the at the guy (laughs) and uh and he was like you gonna do it and i'm like nah i'm i'm not even gonna do it so as i was walking out of the room i was like yeah that's a that's very interesting he was like oh no 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 i didn't i didn't mean it like that i was like i really don't even want to hear what you have to say because i know how you meant it right you know you you just thought that you were going to be able to get away with it that's not how that works because they will only treat you how you allow them to treat you you know, right. and uh, I think that um, even dealing with that on a day to day, I don't think we pay enough t- attention to it because uh, we were talking earlier um, in regards to the situation with the guy in the parking lot um, when we were waiting on our appointment. Um, that was a microaggression. Right. Um, and so but you take that n- knowing and having experienced what they think about us, how they feel about us. And you, you take that knowing that. And I'm not saying all of them do. Obviously, you know, I know not all of all white people are alike, but um, I want to say the vast majority, the, the way we have um, really been um, looking at things and examining things. Um, a lot of people are racist and they don't even know that they're racist, right? Yeah. Um, they're because just because you're not walking around with a white hood on, um, doesn't mean that you uh, don't act um, in a racial or biased manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if you take those microaggressions that we have to deal with day in and day day out, um, a lot of times just to make ends meet to be able to put food on the table, we have to deal with these things. Um, and, and then you pair that with the police brutality and with these uh, people, these so-called neighborhood watch people and vi- vigilantes um, going out and just killing us. Um, I think that it, when you pair that, that people don't, we, we don't really register it as PTSD. And that really is what it is. It's, it's a PTSD and it's um, almost double corded. Um, because we we take our day in day out experience um, in the United States um, as Black people, and we pair that with what we have seen come out of um, a lot of situations, um, meaning death um, to our brothers and sisters. And you pair that together, and the way you and I reacted was really um, it, we reacted out of post traumatic stress. Yep, and that wasn't even just directly related to what we've been through but what we've seen happen time and time again um and if you are wondering whether or not you have a little bit of that 
post-traumatic stress, we already know the uh, the most popular uh, example is when you're driving and a cop pulls behind you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have to flip his lights on. He's not even he's not even concerned about you. Right, that's true. Right, mm-hmm. but as soon as you see him turn that corner, your heart starts beating fast. Your, your hands get sweaty. sweaty. Yep, yeah, you look at you. You're staring like directly at your gaze to see how fast you're going. Like yep. you tend to put on. Exactly. I know. Yeah, and exactly. I'm I'm thinking about like, can I stop at a store? Mm-hmm. You know, just can I pull into a store or something? Um, just for him to get past me. But then again, if I do that, am I gonna look suspicious? Like exactly. we are left literally with no options and so um that is ptsd and uh before we actually started this podcast we were looking into uh ptsd because we always think that ptsd has to be firsthand like we we ourselves had will would have had to have some kind of run-in with a cop or vigilante or a white person who tried or did hurt us for us to have ptsd and that is not correct right um it, th- there is what they call indirect, secondary, or um, vicarious PTSD or trauma. Um, and they really, they use it, um, the definition I found, they use it in regards to counselors. But if you listen to the definition, it's definitely fitting towards us. It's uh, vicarious trauma is the emotional residue of exposure that counselors have from working with people as they are hearing their trauma stories and becoming witnesses to their pain, fear, and terror um, that trauma survivors have endured. Um, And so if we are witnesses and we have constantly been witnesses to the trauma that our brothers and sisters have endured, uh, are enduring, um, and then you pair that with our day-to-day experiences, um, that is definitely something that is, we, we definitely deal with PTSD within the black community. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's like we look at these things and we're like, well, how do you how do you stop that? And I think that we really have to use that to our advantage, Um, because a lot of times what happens is we are we live in survival mode Mm -hmm. and when you live in survival mode, nothing else really matters other than making sure you get back home on time and safely and making sure that your family and your friends get back on time. And even when you have that, that empathy where you see another black person making sure they get to where they need to go safely and on time. And uh, we were talking earlier and I was just thinking, and I was like, when you live in a state of a heightened awareness at all times, you're tired Mm -hmm. and you're worn out. You wonder why you're always just emotionally drained. You wonder why like you can't either, either you can't get enough sleep, you can't sleep period, Mm -hmm. or you just sleep too much, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, they're all coping mechanisms and that heightened state of awareness when it wears you out, it starts to stress you out. Right. And if you're living in a constant state of stress, like, and it's not even something that you're doing to yourself. Right. It's, it's so, it's so it's ingrained in, the, in us right. because we've been taught, all right, don't go here. All right. Don't go there. All right. Don't, don't wear this. 
okay, look, when you when you're walking past them, you you roll your shoulders back, you look your head up straight, you don't look at them in the eye, you know, and it's things like that. And it's like when you're so focused on surviving mm-hmm. because of what someone else is doing, you can't even take the time for self care. Right. To to be your best self when you you can't even be your best self because you're so focused on what they might do. Right. And like that, you're just sitting there like, OK, well, how do I get out of this rut? You know, right. right. And a lot of times we don't have the answers for that. We don't. And I, I do think that it starts with just having that open conversation Um and you know, not everybody that we talk to is going to hear or understand. But um, for those few that are willing to listen, um, are willing to hear and understand um, what we go through on a day to day. I mean, that that just in and of itself will eventually change the world. I don't think this is, this didn't happen overnight. And nope. I don't think that it's something that is going to go away overnight. But if we can just touch people you know, and, and, and help people to understand, um, in this generation, well, maybe we'll raise more kids who have, you know, a better understanding, um, and are a little bit more sensitive. And actually something else I wanted to talk about, um, since I'm talking about, um, trying to explain this to people, um, (laughs) here we go. What? What do you think I'm going to talk about? I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm waiting. I'll tell you if it's confirmed. White or not. fragility. <laughs> that. Um, so let's see if we can find a definition on white fragility. Yeah, let's see. Uh, so as far as uh, white fragility goes, this is I'm going to give you guys the the actual definition of it. But I'm going to tell you um, what it looks like. OK. What this looks like is, and I know we've all encountered it, whether we are talking to a person face-to-face directly over the phone, whatever the case may be, or if we are talking to someone on Facebook, on a post, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, oh, and we those. run into, we run into um, you know, these, these white people who, you know, it, it, it can vary in so many different ways where, you know, it's not me, it's not, it was my ancestors, it wasn't me, or I didn't do that, I didn't have you guys as slaves. And so it's almost like they want us to apologize to them for airing out how we feel and what we go through and what our experiences are. And and, and they want us to tiptoe around them um, to, to, to make them feel better about themselves. When, if, if, if I'm focused on making you feel better, at what point? Can I can I focus on myself? Um, right. And that is another form of one racism and of two um, microaggression. Yeah. So the definition of white fragility is the discomfort and defensiveness on the part of a white person when confronted by information of or about racial inequality and injustice. So, uh, yeah, we've all experienced it before. You know, you say. Uh, you know, black lives matter. They say all lives matter. You just like, uh, but you don't, right. Exactly. You don't understand it. And, and they, they'll try to explain themselves. Well, you know, when I say all lives matter, I'm not saying that black lives don't matter. And when I say black lives matter, I'm not saying that all lives don't matter. However, um, and I, and I like what people have been doing, um, as far as, um, making a comparison. So if your house is on fire, right. And you want me to bring a hose to water down your your house because it's on fire. What if I told you all houses matter? 
right? All right. houses matter. So let me but start at the house. end of the block, right? <laughs> and start watering everybody's houses. And when I get to yours, you know, maybe I'll get to yours. No, like that that's not how that works. It, okay, of course every life matters. We know that. We know that as human beings. However, when we say black lives matter, we're shining light on the fact and 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 it, it, that's what it is. It's a fact that black lives are not regarded as highly as one white lives in this country and two really any other life in this country because um it's us out there dying at higher rate higher rates than anyone else's it's us being mass incarcerated over anyone else right and so um that, that but it's like you you shouldn't after when did black lives matter start like with uh Trayvon Martin you know, so it's been years. Yeah. At this point, if they really wanted to understand what uh, Black Lives Matter meant and what the movement was about, and if they really cared about you or um, those that look like us, then they would have researched and found out what exactly it, it meant by now. So at this point, anytime somebody comes at you and says all lives matter, it's not, it, it's really not, um, I don't feel. I feel that it's not them misunderstanding. It's them wanting to remain ignorant and then microaggressing you yeah. to put you back in your place so you can shut up and stop talking about race and forget what your experience yeah, is. Yeah, so speaking on that, um, I was I recently got back from um, being overseas. I did uh, an eight-month tour uh, in an undisclosed location. But anyway, um, we were waiting to... Uh, ship back out to come back to the states and uh the commander came in and he was uh just talking and you know just congratulating us of course about you know the good job that we did and you know all this other stuff but one thing that uh he did say um and he was like now uh i've spent all my career being told not to say what i'm about to say and immediately, like, I, I tensed up. I was like, all right, here we go. Let's see, you know, what's going to happen. And uh, he was like, yeah, so it's no surprise that we have African-American, um, you know, male and female um, troops. You know, it, it's no surprise with that. And he was like, us as white people, we don't understand uh what they go through because nine times out of ten almost ten times out of ten we're silent about those things and we're not silent just because we want to be silent um and this is just veering off from the story um we're not silent because like we just we we just want to keep it bottled in right we're silent because we know that the moment we speak up it's going to be met with unnecessary unnecessary tension and defensiveness mm -hmm. um and it's like at what point at what point are you going to cast your own ego aside right and and seek to understand because like me me and tara were talking um about this uh, a while back and it was like we're kind of done with arguing with people that don't seek to understand because there are you and you can tell the difference. You can definitely tell the difference right. between the trolls 
and the ones that want to remain ignorant and the ones that actually want to understand and the ones that want to understand will nine times out of 10 start their conversation out with, there's no way that I can understand what you're going through, but comma. Right. And then I've, I've actually, um, I've actually had a couple people, uh, message me, uh, about that. You know, they were like, Hey man, like there's no way that I can even, that I even know what you're going through, but just know that if nobody else has your back, I do, you know, and, uh, and, and, and our commander going back to the, to that speech, he, he was like, now is a time for us as white people and, uh, non people of color to actually sit down and have those conversations. Mm -hmm. He said, if you do not seek to understand, then you are part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, you know, he went on to say some other things, but I think that it's, it's interesting because it goes into every sector of America Mm -hmm. In the military. You already know, you know, they were segregated, uh, the red tails, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Tuskegee airmen, it was, if you look at that story, Mm -hmm. right, they were told to be twice as good with less, Mm -hmm. but in the end, the other white pilots that they were escorting refused to fly unless they were being escorted Mm -hmm. by us. Can you, can you imagine, right? You're being told, you know, by Pharaoh to make the bricks but I will not give you the hay. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns out that you're making more bricks than you were when you had all of the necessary materials that you needed. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine that we, we are literally able to turn anything into gold. You ever wonder why we cherish laughter so much? Why we can't take anything serious? Like, look, black people can't take nothing serious. They can't. Like, they can't. <laughs> like we can't. Uh, that's something that I've been examining too lately. We we can't take anything. We can't take we nothing can't. serious. Every time something big happens, I promise you. Like you know, I'm 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 gonna scroll Twitter. Like that's my place now. Oh, that's the first place we go Twitter. to We're whenever go something to happens. Black Twitter because they got us right. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna scroll Twitter and I'm gonna see all the bad news. But at some point, I know there is going to come a point in my newsfeed mm-hmm. where whatever problem it is we 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 looking at and we're having, some black person is gonna come on there clowning and clowning and, and out of it, pocket. It, it, but that but that's really trauma too. You yeah. know, we we've had to. Find new ways and in ways that that don't look normal. It's a coping to other mechanism, people. right? It's it's coping as a way to cope and and a way to get through and a way to deal. And so and that's that's one of uh, I mean I love that about you know um, our people because we do have other people who cope by shooting people up. Yeah, and, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and and, and instead, we 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 try to find a way to not. And, and I think that I love it so much too because the humor isn't selfish. Yeah, you know? everyone every and it it's it's nice to the point where everyone can be on the same page and laugh a little bit. But at right. the same time, it's like we're laughing from a place of hurt. Right. Like let's not let's not get that twisted. Right. If something is funny, all right, it's actually funny. But at what point are you gonna be like, yeah, but okay, that was up, yeah, right? you'd but be like, aha, aha, yeah. okay, and I'm still hurting, yes. you know, because um, oh man, what was it? I can't, I can't remember. Actually, you know what? No, when I've noticed, um, 
with uh with like EMTs, firefighters, um police officers, um you know, maintainers, um we have a messed up sense of humor. Like mm-hmm. it is it's it's absolutely horrifying um at some of the stuff that we are able to laugh about, but when you when you go through on the day to day and you see stuff that no normal person should witness that no normal person should see mm-hmm. and you become numb to it mm-hmm. at a certain point you have to find a way to get through the day right. and a lot of that is with the laughter laughter you know does good like a medicine um but just be conscious of whatever pain you have lurking right yeah we can't um, and that's something you end that up we like have the Joker. done. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it really is something that we've done um, for years. Is is and and it's partly because we don't even um, we don't have the 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 resources yeah. to really process pain or trauma. Um, Please get some help, like for mental real. Mental health isn't pushed. As much as it should uh, be in our community, um, you know. So when we are depressed, when we um, have anxiety, um, when we are, you know, just sad, um, what safe places do we have? You know, it's it's it, it, within we we have to get through, right? And so when we look within our family, um, it's normally you know keep your head up, push through, keep going. Um, it, there's not really that many safe places, and 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 again, it, the resources aren't there. Um, we weren't taught, you know, we're taught to go to the doctor and check to make sure your sugar's right, right, right. and your blood pressure's right, right. Um, but we weren't taught that if you are feeling down, if you are feeling sad, let someone know. Let's make some appointments. Let's get you some help. You know, um. We're not even taught like we were talking about um, the other day as far as just yoga and meditation. Yeah. Um, that's something that we are just learning to get into. Yeah. Uh, and so we didn't have these outlets. We, we didn't have the resources as far as uh, having mental health facilities in our area. Even if we did have mental health facilities in our area, we didn't have the resource, resources as far as money or health care. Yeah. And so what were we left to besides drug and, drugs and alcohol? Drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol, <laughs> you know, and that's what we fell back on. And so um, I think that it, it's important now to stop holding that in. And it's really important for us to, as, as, as a people, to go out and start getting our degrees, get our education so that we can have some, we can have other people, black people out there to lean on. So when we're dealing with the, the social climate that we're in today, what am I, like, being where we are, what do I look like going to get mental health from a white person who cannot understand it anyway or relate? You know, someone that I know that when I leave the office, the, the, no matter what the privacy laws are supposed to be, they're going to find somebody, whether it's their husband or wife at home or it's the, the receptionist, to talk about what I was talking about. It's not even – if we can't get the mass majority of um, people on um, – social media to understand that this is real trauma for us. I don't feel right sitting down looking into the face of someone um, that looks nothing like me 
um, and try to explain these kind of pains and traumas. It's pretty much like talking to a brick wall. And, right. and if you look at it, a lot of them um, are older, right? which means that they most likely lived on, you know, if not in, but on the cusp of coming out of that era, the Jim Crow era. So if you if you really look at it, it's like, where are you to turn to? Right. You know, um, and a lot of times, you know, we 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 turn to religion, you know, but then we also get lost in that because we don't quite understand everything that 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 goes into it you know like you you go to church and you still you still come with or you still leave with the same questions that you came in with when in actuality the church is supposed to be like a hospital you know for your spirit for your soul you go there to get replenished you go there to uh to to meet god you know um but when they're struggling i mean but that's something too that um i talked about um on social media a couple of days ago, um, our a lot of our pastors aren't even uh, properly equipped. Yeah, um, exactly. To to, do, to help us with these situations, and it's not because they're not intelligent; they certainly are. But a lot of what was passed down to them was passed down from the white church itself, from the white Jesus, from white Jesus, right? And so um, I, I saw. Um, Actually, it was Preston Perry again. It's, he said the that Christianity is not the white man's religion, and I had to I had to help him out here. That's why I think it is. It's help that Christ is not the white man's God. Let's let's get that straight. Christ was in the black neighborhoods, right <laughs> across the world. He was in Africa, you know, and so Christ, the, our God, and Christ does not belong to the white man however these traditions that we were handed such as christmas and easter and um lent and things like that these these even doing um the communion yeah even you know worshiping god on sundays this is all part of christianity this is this isn't something you can find in the bible now let's um, not let's not get it twisted we're not saying that christ isn't for everyone we're specifically stating that the things that a lot of people practice these days as part of quote unquote Christianity was not derived from the Bible. It, it, and therefore they it took, wasn't Christ. Yeah, they took whatever they they were reading and they put their own spin on it. They right. put their they own interpretation. They, they weaved truth into their lives is exactly. what they did and that is the blanket they handed us that is called christianity so not to go down too far with that rabbit hole but um as let me i want to clear up the the uh the communion part the bible does say to commune it just doesn't say how often or when it just says when you do this do this in remembrance of me so don't 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 go all in the comments trying to, you know, fact check and things like that. Do your research. Look at it. All right. So we're not saying that, oh, we're not supposed to have communion. We're saying that. It doesn't necessarily say you got to have it every first Sunday. Or every second Sunday or every third Tuesday like it, that that's that's foolish because it's at that a, point it's supposed to be something that is between you and God. Exactly. It's supposed to be special when you just do it just because, oh, well, it's it, it's this day. Like it becomes 
less special. Yeah, it it becomes religion. religion. You know, and as as much as um, especially evangelical 21st century millennial Christians um, teach that Christ wasn't for religion, there's still a lot of religion that we practice. Um, And I think that 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 helps us to think, you know, or feel that, you know, we are always in right standing with God. But, you know, are we because do, do we really know him? Right. You know, are we really in relationship um, with him? And so, um, but yes, um, that's what I was saying is, um, and I think, but I think it's important to, to state that Christian, to, to acknowledge that Christianity was in fact given to us by the white man. Um, and I think that it's important to state that because what I see now is a lot of our brothers and sisters falling away from Christ because the white man is the enemy and the white man gave us Christianity. Well, let's go to the root. The white man didn't give us Christ. We gave us Christ. Christ was born, you know, um, in what they call the Middle East, but it really was Africa, right? So um, we, 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 we can call it for what it is, yes. With the traditions, um, a lot of what we have learned uh, throughout the years was given to us by the white man. You have that, but you cannot you cannot seriously believe that Jesus, um, for a time in his life, uh, resided in in Egypt, but but no Africans ever knew about Christ. <laughs> that it it, it 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 doesn't make sense, and so I yeah. think it's important to to um, we we can't just keep covering it up like oh, well, you know, Jesus is over here, so, you know, it's not the white man's religion, and, you know, Jesus is for every. We can't keep covering. We have to acknowledge it fully and 100% um, to get everybody to understand. And um, so, yes, Christ is for everybody. He's he's here to save every. Well, he came to save everybody. He's not here right now, but he's coming back. Um, <laughs> he's not here right now. <laughs> um, you know, but he's coming back, right? He came to save everybody, all nations. And let, um, me, let me ask you, let me ask you all this question, right? It's, and it's just something for you to think about. Um, number one, it says that Christ <laughs> had the skin that was, it was burnt bronze, right? And, you know, hair like sheep's wool. All right. So that's number one. So a lot of us, you know, we're like, yeah, yeah, Jesus was black. Jesus is black. And then you still look at all these, all these paintings and why, why is it that? All right. So if Jesus was black, then why is it that in your head when you're reading stories about about Peter and Paul and the disciples and and all of this, why is it that all of them are still white? Mm-hmm. That's that's number one, and then number two, when you when you look at all these paintings of of people you know in the Middle East and in Europe and stuff like that, we get that Europe you know it, it has predominantly white people, but if you do your research and you and you really look at it there's no possible way that there just weren't any black people, you know? So just think about that, right? Where did Jesus go when he was born, when they were trying to kill him? He went to Egypt. Right. Egypt is in Africa. Right. 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 And number two, I've been, I've been to the Middle East in the summertime and there's no way, (laughs) there is no way that people can just live there and number one not be as dark as africans are and number two are just straight white that doesn't make any sense 
That doesn't that it doesn't, doesn't make even sense. scientifically make sense. Like it doesn't it, make sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it, like logically, it doesn't make sense. Um, especially since you know we go to the beach and we we see them bathing in sunscreen. Um, and and it, it, it we we know that skin cancer is so high among them because they cannot. Um, scientifically, cannot take very much sun. Not to say that they can't live in Africa and they can't live, you know, in the Middle East. But, but it's just if you unlikely. look at it, yeah, back in the day, like they didn't have sunscreen, right? They got it now. So how is it? Yeah, how is it that the Egyptians, <laughs> how is it that the Hebrews was was slaving away in Egypt in the sun from sun up to sundown? And they just everybody was just white over there, huh? Yeah. Pharaohs was all Pharaohs was all white too. Oh come on, that's not even. See, look at that. You can't even like imagine that. Like the so, pharaoh was. Like, <laughs> all right, okay. so all right, so anyway, uh, we just had to to throw that in there just to get y'all brains moving and and, and getting on the same page. You yeah, can do your own we'll research. Do. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll definitely uh, do some more. Um, podcast related to that specifically in the future um but you know if you don't agree look it up um if you do have something that you would like to add or just need clarification on something that we've said uh just comment below please be respectful because like like i said really working on myself so oh god i'm tired of arguing with people right i but i just to argue um and just putting this out there for everybody um, just stop arguing with people. That is where I, that's where, uh, it was really, you lose your peace. It was really, it, I, I've seen dear white people, the movie a <laughs> few times. I really have. Um, but one of the last lines in the movie was dear white people, never mind. And that was just, to, for me, that was just, I mean, that it was so simple, but it was so profound. Because um, for me, it was like, you know, you can talk and talk and talk and, and, and talk. And you, you can talk as much as you want to, but people that don't want to get it are never going to get it, you know? True. So st- I, I, what I learned is unless someone is, is really asking out of pure interest, I'm not going to continue to explain it to you. You know, we can, we're gonna, we can do this with or without, without you. And if you want to make yourself, you know, my enemy, that's completely fine. But I'm not going to give energy to that. I'm not going to argue you up and down to get you to understand my pain. I know what my reality is. Just I know refer what the to my last post is, um, for, you know, our brothers and sisters. So I'm not going to argue you down and I'm not going to argue anybody else down, regardless of race, color, creed or religion. I'm not going to argue you down because my peace is knowing that I have, you know, the knowledge and knowing that I know God. Um, and that's just where my peace is. You can't and I'm not going to allow you to disturb that. Right. So, so it's not end all be all. We're just 100 percent right because we do still have things to learn. But at the same time, if you are going to fact check, make sure you're respectful. You know, there's definitely a way to do uh, things and healthy dialogue. Healthy debates are necessary. But uh, don't don't just get on here because you're mad and you just need to blow off some steam. This ain't the place to argue with your mama. So. Anyway. You got anything else to add? Nope, I'm good. I think uh I think this was uh a very interesting podcast. We've been sitting on this all day. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, we will definitely be posting more in the future. 
If you have anything uh, that you would like to see us talk about or hear us talk about, uh, let us know. Uh, comment, DM, uh, MySpace, Twitter, Instagram. MySpace. Snapchat. MySpace. LinkedIn. MySpace. Email. Did you say that? <laughs> he tired. I sure did say MySpace. Right. Uh, you can comment on MySpace, but I'm probably not going to get it, though. So, choice is yours. But anyway, peace out. Y'all have a good day. Good night. Good afternoon. Good sleep. Whatever time you're listening. <laughs> All right. Love y'all. Peace. Thank you.